0: as as it aligns
1: with it he might do something crazy new that you've never experienced before are you willing to be open this morning are we a church that's willing to say the word of god is our guide all the time but i want to see signs miracles and wonders i want to see people get totally set free and healed in the name of jesus he'll lead you out of your egypt morning I love that your presence is so new and so fresh every morning God it doesn't get stagnant I just I don't know how to explain what I feel in my spirit except that that sweet perfume word or that phrase has been on my heart all morning And I got home from a trip and and my house was like kind of Nobody had been in it, right? So it kind of, there was like this stale feeling. You open up the fridge, it's like, man, nobody's been in here for a while. And there's all these things, but his love, I sat down in the middle of that, kind of like there's no air movement, right? And I started to pray for this morning. And like this freshness and this peace and this sweet, it felt like there was like this candle lit and there was nothing, God, your presence is so sweet and this morning if you've been feeling like man I'm in this I'm stuck in a rut or or I'm I've been walking and and I feel like I'm stagnant and I can't move
2: let him pour his love on you let us pour his love on you
3: You march me out of freedom, and I'm going to sing about all you've done. And I saw in my mind's eye people standing with their arms held down. But they've been marched out in freedom. They've been delivered and set free by God. But their arms are held down, and I saw shackles wrapped around you. And But you know what those shackles were? The word lie was written across them. And And you know what? Those shackles are a lie. You've been set free. You have been set free. So in the name of Jesus, I declare that every lie that is keeping you from embracing the freedom that you already have be broken off in the name of Jesus this morning and that you are celebrating the freedom that you already have. People, step out in the freedom that you've already been given today rejoice in the freedom that you already have. Walk in the freedom that you have and break off the lies that would keep you bound this morning. Break them off. Walk in the joy and the freedom that you already have. If you're not feeling it, it doesn't matter because you already have it. Just walk in the freedom that
0: physical ailment that you have and you've been fighting this you've been searching and he wants to heal that racing heart he wants to give you peace he wants to calm it down so in the name of Jesus I speak to that racing heart right now that you come into perfect rhythm perfect rhythm and there's peace and that you will know that you know that you know that your Lord God, your Lord God, has healed you, and He has restored that heart. I speak Jesus. I speak Jesus. I speak Jesus to that heart. His love goes on and on. name. No one can heal like Jesus. I speak peace in the name of Jesus.
2: Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, worship his own. sorrow for thanks and the enemy must
1: flee when I put on a garment of praise and I long for him. Just keep playing that for a sec guys. We've had words about healing this morning, right? About knowing the authority and knowing the freedom that we have in him. This song is called Garment of Praise. I wrote this with Pastor Jordan and a friend of ours, Allison. It was in a moment where I was struggling with, what do I do? I'm wrestling with the decision, right? This is biblical. We put on a garment of praise. Like in your, in your head, in your mind, in your spirit. Just close your eyes and think. If you've been going through a, a battle, maybe you have on armor that is just bloody and battered and torn maybe you have a blanket that is feels so heavy that it's a blanket of mourning or weeping or of sorrow over you maybe you've been carrying a backpack of weight of just this filled with rocks and the weight is so heavy that you can't even carry it anymore can you just everybody close your eyes right now and this if you need to come to the altar come to the altar Or you can kneel right where you're at, but give it to him. Take off that weight. Take off that sorrowful weight that you've been wearing and put on a garment of praise this morning. Put on a beautiful, light, colorful garment of beauty and praise and watch him. Turn your ashes into beauty this morning. Watch him turn your sorrow to joy and your mourning into dancing. Sing, I put on a garment. I put on a garment of praise and
2: I worship you. I'm trading my sorrow for thanks and the enemy must flee. I put on a garment of praise and I long for you.
4: something really powerful about worship in the sense of getting uh, a perspective that we need. How many of you are like me that um, sometimes you just, when you worship and you see his goodness and his holiness, suddenly all the other uh, maybe issues or things kind of uh, dissipate, don't they? See His goodness, how good He is, how holy He is. You just close your eyes for a minute. You know that that scripture that um, David wrote, that Will and I were writing this from. This I, I put on a garment of praise in Psalms. That garment, if you could just picture a really light—it's a light garment, you know. It's it's not heavy, like Will said. It's not heavy. And, and you can exchange that today. You have a, you have a heaviness on your shoulders. You have, um, and, and sometimes let's be honest, sometimes you can't even describe it. You know, that's often how anxiety is defined when it's not that there's a loss of a job. It's not that there's something you can name. You're just really heavy hearted and stressed out and anxious and don't know why. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. If that's you, can I just tell you, God has a garment of praise for you this morning. He wants to exchange that heaviness for light. He wants to exchange like that other Psalm that's in that lyric there, the beauty for ashes. It feels like ashes. It feels like like death or trouble. God says to you this morning, and this is just singing his word. We're declaring his word, his truth over you. If that's you this week, and I can see, I can see some tears right now, listen, if that's you, God is making you a promise. In fact, he's, all he's doing is reminding you of a promise he has already made to you. He wants to tell you this morning I I will be, I am good I'm trustworthy Let me take that Let me take that burden from you So what I want to do Can we sing this again Will And I'd like us to sing, sing back scripture Let's say this to him I'm going to put on a garment of praise I'm going to choose God To thank you And again, hear me This is not a mind over matter thing This is not you know, just positive thinking. No, this is this is scripture. It's declaring, "I know who God is. I know He is good. I know He's faithful. I know He's trustworthy." And when we do that, and we focus on Him, our pro- our issue suddenly becomes a lot smaller. Amen. So let's all sing this. Let's declare this together. I put on a garment of praise
2: put on a garment of praise And I worship you I'm treating my sorrow for thanks And the enemy must leave I put on a garment of praise And I long for you Because you give me, Lord. sing holy 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 i lift my eyes to you my help comes from you lord
4: god we we agree with scripture we agree with what your spirit inspired young david to write where does my help come from it comes from the lord and if you could understand that's a time when all of their trust okay all of their help it it was it was wrapped up in military might right our help doesn't come from the amount of money in the bank our trust our sense of peace doesn't come from military might it comes from the lord everybody say the lord come on remind yourself of it this morning say the lord so god we fix our eyes on you we love you in fact i want to end this give god three things you're thankful for right like that second line said i choose to replace right With thanks. So I want you to look up to heaven and say, God, I am thankful. You could start with the obvious one grace. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. Come on, tell him what you're thankful for. God, I'm thankful. What did he do? Thankful, God, that you rescued me from that burden. I'm thankful, God, that you healed my, my body. God, I'm thankful that you restored that relationship, whatever it is, God, we thank you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen. Hey, find a couple people to greet before you sit down.
5: Good morning. Welcome to Rock of Grace. How are you guys doing? Awesome. Well, if you are a guest with us, we're just really happy that you're here. My name is Jessie, and we just want to say um, what a beautiful day. We're glad that you're here to worship with us. We would love the opportunity just to be able to connect with you. There's a couple really simple ways to do that. One, uh, we do have this card. Well, this one's a little wrinkled. Okay. Yours shouldn't look like that in the back of the seat. Okay. But if you uh, pull this card up in the seat back in front of you, you can fill it out and you can drop it into the one of the boxes that are by the door as you exit. Uh, The other thing you can do, um, we have an app and, or not an app, you can text new at Rock of Grace. Okay. And the number there is on the screen. But um, now going back to the app, because we we actually do have an app, Um, I'm going to talk to you about some upcoming events. And you can download this app on your phone. You can access it very simply. It will tell you all the things that are up and coming. Also, if you're like old school and you just like paper, we do have these little cards. They're also uh, on your seats that show you all about the upcoming events, Okay. The big one, VBS, this is just a huge thing for our kids. Um, Not just our kids, but the community. Uh, We want you to invite your neighbors, kids from school, cousins, friends. Uh, This is going to be June 13th. It's from 530 to 830 at Big Oak Meadows. Please sign up because they do account for crafts and food and snacks and things like that. So they really do need you to sign up. Also, it is never too late to volunteer when you do big camps like this, it's a lot of work. And if you can give an hour, if you can give um, whatever you can give, I know the crew will be so thankful. You can do setup, you can help hold a little one's hand, you can help kids color, you can help them glue. I, there's lots of things. So all ages can volunteer. If you're a youth or a middle age or older, All ages are welcomed, okay? So please think about that. Um, Something really special that's going on tonight in our community, it's a Pentecost rally because we are coming up upon uh, Pentecost Sunday. And this is really a huge pillar in our faith of what we believe. Um, This is going to be tonight at Highway Tabernacle at 7 p.m. You know, the thing about Pentecost, how the Holy Spirit came and just flooded that room with a mighty wind. People were speaking in tongues. Okay, this is a mystery. We don't understand how God moves or why he chooses to use a wind or how he chooses to use another language or why he would, you know, heal people. We, it's a mystery of God, but it is a part of him. And if you are curious, if this is something you're longing for, you know, these are opportunities that I would just really encourage you to go. It's other believers that are seeking these same things, that want to know more about the Holy Spirit, and you can really encounter him in a powerful way when people have the same heart and same mind, and they're really believing and praying for a move of the Lord. So if that is you, please think about going. That is going to be tonight at 7 p.m. Um, Next Sunday, right here in Kinsman, uh, we are hosting the Immerse Nights. Many of you know if you've come to Rock of Grace for a while, um, Immerse Nights are big community worship nights. Um, They're usually held in Middlefield with Will and his um, amazing worship team. Uh, Next week it will be here, so mark your calendars. Please come. It's always just a powerful night to worship with many other uh, believers from all over our area. And then last, youth camp. That is coming up for our teenagers. This is really just an awesome time. I know as a young person, I still have memories of camp. My kids, I mean, there were years that I sent them kicking and screaming, and they came home, and they were just like, on cloud nine, they loved it. So I would just encourage you, if you have a teenager, please encourage them to send them. Or I really encourage you to send them. But it also there is an expense. Um, you know, it is costly. So we are doing some fundraisers to help kids go today. Right after service, there's going to be lemonade and cookies and a donation jar. So get some snacks. But you know, if you want to sponsor a kid. I mean, that's what that's for. I mean, you could sponsor one kid, two kids, ten kids. I don't know what you're able to do, but I would pray and ask God uh, how you can bless our youth because this is a powerful time where they get away and they just pour the love of God all over these kids, okay? So I would just encourage you to be a part in a very simple way and enjoy our snacks today, okay? All right, that's it.
4: I'll do that last one. One more thing is we have baby dedications on Father's Day. And so we're going to be dedicating Lucas. We're actually adopting Lucas two days after Father's Day. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. So super excited about that. And uh, since we're doing that with my sisters in town and stuff, uh, Nancy's coming into town, we want to, of course, open that up. Anybody else that wants to dedicate their child? Uh, one of the frequently asked questions is, you know, what, what if my child's four or five? We won't make you raise them above your head unless you're feeling strong that day. Uh, but um, that we are going to do. Y- yes. The answer is yes. You can. Uh, if you've never dedicated them and want to do that, it's a powerful uh, moment in God's family together, so that is going to take place on Father's Day on June 19th. And like all things here, you can register uh, your child register for that at events.rockofgrace.org. Okay, it's um, just excited for what God's doing, and and uh, we're going to receive our offering now. And uh, in just a moment, you're going to actually hear from my dad today because I was soaking in the sun on vacation this week. Can I get an amen? Come on, somebody. The Lord is in Maryland. Uh, He's also here, but, you know, maybe he's more there. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Excited to be home, and my dad's going to minister here in a little bit. But um, I'm excited to give this morning. Who knows that giving is an act of worship? Come on, right? And it's a powerful expression of telling God that we really do trust him. So let's bow our heads. Father, we love you. We thank you for everything you've given us. We thank you. That you have taught us, Lord, how to steward uh, your money, God, and to always uh, give you that first ten percent, that tithe that belongs to you, and God, how you always provide and how you always come through in powerful, creative ways. God, I could just—we could—we we can't count the ways, the, the times that you have provided miraculously for us. God, we thank you for being our Father and for doing just that. God, you always provide. You always guide us, and we we are so blessed. So this offering today is not just out of uh, habit or ritual. God is truly, it's an act of worship. God, whether we're putting a check in right now or whether we sent it electronically already, we we tell you, God, it's yours. We love you, um, God. Our finances are your finances, and you are worthy, God, and you can be trusted. In Jesus' name, and everyone said. Amen. Well, I want to invite up my dad, the man, the myth, the legend. I like to say that with the grandkids. And uh, Pastor Mark and uh, Pam, for those of you that are new in the last maybe year or two, he's been doing a lot of... um, Uh, Ministry at uh, Churches in Crisis and was just at one recently the last few months. And so if you'll see him here for a a couple months and then you might uh, not see him, that's where he's he's there. uh, And God's been helping um, just heal a lot of wounds through them. They have a real gift on their life. They actually pastored here for 26 years, right? Where did he go? Oh, I was like, how did he disappear? He was right there two seconds ago. Um, Yeah, so uh, just excited to... That he's still in our church family and helping in so many ways pastorally. So, uh, you may not realize a lot of times the um, the call or the funeral or the wedding or the counseling. My dad helps me with a lot of those, and a lot of pastors are not that blessed. So, can we one more time help? Uh, put our hands together, for Pastor Mark. And
6: Now that I'm ministering to sheep, uh, I trust that you'll be able to hear me, with or without a microphone. Amen? But listen, my wife and I have looked so forward to this day. There's nothing like being with your family. And I, I I know Will mentioned it a minute ago. Our hearts are full. Our cup is overflowing. And yet, we have a sense of, of uh, uh a heartbreak for our church or the church we've been ministering to in Boardman um, the p- people that are kind of in charge of that process have decided that they want to close that church and there's about uh, 70 people there that are really going to be finding themselves in a in an awkward place so I I want to pray and I want you to join with me and uh, let's believe for this moment to open up a door of opportunity for them as well as for us to receive what the Holy Spirit has for us. Amen. So, Father, thank you for what you're going to do. We're so thankful that we have you as our Father and that you would look upon us as your children. What a great privilege. And so, for us today in this house, we look forward to what you have desired to invest in our lives, to speak into our life that we might leave here saying it was good to have been in the house of the Lord. And for those people that are struggling in one way or the other, whether it's in Boardman or Bahrain, that there are people in various episodes of difficulty, may they look up and see that their help does come from the Lord. We thank you for what you're going to do today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Well, uh, several years ago, I believe it was on a Pentecost Sunday, I, uh, I preached a message called God putting the boom back in his church. And for some of you who might even recall that, I believe that this morning uh, God wants to do that in this house. And uh, the message referenced that Jesus had been sent out uh, into the wilderness, and right out of the gate when he came back, there was a boom in his ministry. Amen? Jesus is just walking along, and suddenly the blind received their sight, and boom, just like that. That happened, and then uh, the cripples jumped and leaped for joy, and another boom! Jesus is walking along. He's gotten this incredible encounter with the Holy Spirit, and another boom experience took place. And then the deaf could hear, and the mute could, would talk, and all of a sudden, boom, boom, there's a couple of more booms that are happening in his ministry. Lepers were made completely clean. Tables were kicked over. The restoration of God's temple was put in order. And 5,000 men and women and their children were, were all fed with just five loaves and two fish. Talk about boom, 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 boom. They just keep going. And, and all of a sudden, people are aware, like, wow, wherever this guy goes, there's a boom taking place. And it didn't stop there. He, was, he wasn't done yet. You see, sins were forgiven, and those possessed by demons were completely delivered, and even the dead were raised. Now that's going to be some boom taking place. When you see a dead man come up, who can say amen? You know, I believe God wants to put a boom back in us because, well, some of us need a little boom. And you know he's still not done yet. The biggest boom of all was yet to come because Jesus died and rose from the dead. ON THAT RESURRECTION MORNING, THAT WAS A BOOM. THAT CHANGED THE COURSE OF THE WORLD. HIS FAITHFUL FOLLOWERS WERE TOLD, WAIT FOR THE GIFT MY FATHER IS GOING TO SEND. WHEN YOU HAVE THAT GIFT, YOU'RE GOING TO GET A BOOM. AND BOOM WILL START HAPPENING IN YOUR LIFE. SO JOHN THE BAPTIST PROPHESIED ABOUT THIS MOMENT. IN LUKE 3.16, HE SAID, One's coming after me that's going to baptize you not just in water, but he's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. And then when that happens, you're going to get a boom in your life. And God can save us, and he can make us new creations. He can do all kinds of things with insight and understanding. God can give us gifts. He can anoint us. He can give us great joy and love, and we all enjoy the family. But it's like a semi at the 4th of July filled with firecrackers. (laughs) Unless there's a fire, it's just going to be a semi filled with firecrackers. It's got to have a fire for there to be a boom. I mean, every year I see it. I mean, these lights, and it's spectacular. I don't know how it all happens, but it does. And Boom, 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 boom. By the end of that night, there's all kinds of booming going on. But what happens in the church? We're just like the semi. We got it all. God's already given you gifts. He's already called you. He's already anointed you. He's already filled you with all many kinds. But listen, unless there's a fire, we're just like that semi. There's no boom in the church we got to have a fire. Who can say amen? I, uh, I love watching NCAA track meets. In fact, we've got some pretty powerful uh, 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 relatives. A young gal that just won the state championship uh, for, was it the mile? The mile? Uh, uh, just a sophomore. And I'm telling you, I love watching these races and all the records that are being broken. Occasionally, I'll see a runner dressed to run with his track shoes on. He's in the blocks. He gets out of the blocks. He's great. But he fails to finish the race for one reason or another. Maybe comes up lame right before the finish line. Well, we can't afford to come up lame before the finish line as we run our race. Jesus is returning for his bride. Amen? So listen. Listen. Stay read up. That means be filled up with wisdom. Stay prayed up. Filled up with the intimacy that God is your father and you're his kids. And, and stay filled up with the Holy Spirit because, believe me, you're going to need to be ready. For the moment he comes down, you got to be ready to go up. Who can say amen? Give the Lord a clap offering. Let's go. Get some boom in here. Now Listen we got to be waiting. we got to be watching. We've got to be working. We've got to be ready. We've got to be warning. There's all kinds of things that we need to be about before the Lord comes back. But Jesus said something that's profoundly curious to me, and I think it would do us all well, to literally ask the Holy Spirit, what do you mean? Jesus said this in John 20, 21, as the Father sent me, So I send you. What a curious statement. It would would be good for us to review how it was that the Father sent his Son so that we can figure out how Jesus is planning on sending us. Right? That's pretty logical. It seems fairly obvious to me that when Jesus was sent by his Father, he was sent full. He was sent full of faith and full of wisdom, full of love, full of compassion. He he went full of joy. He was full of light. He was full of power and authority from his father. He went in full affirmation of his father's favor. You know, he never did anything he didn't see his father do. He never said anything he didn't hear his father say. And one of the results of that was he heard his father say, this is my son whom I love and whom I'm well pleased. I want to hear those words. Do you want to hear those words? He went with a full understanding of his father's purpose for his life. I'm not sure we all do that. And he went in full understanding of his surrender to his father's will. That's where the nevertheless not my will but your will be done was uttered from his lips. So how was it that Jesus was sent by his father so full? All his fullness was the result, I believe, of him being full of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is Pentecost Sunday. We enjoy that in the charismatic and Pentecostal world, the full gospel message, because we recognize you can have a church full, but without fire, there's no boom. Say amen. Now, his appointment at the cross at Golgotha made it possible for not only us to come to his Father, but go in his name. Did you hear that? By what he did at the cross, we were able to come to his Father and then go in his name. Therefore, as the Father has made it clear that he sent Jesus, Jesus is making it very clear, I'm going to send you the same way. So, When he said, go, where did he? Go where? Go to church? Go to communion? Go be nice to people? Go, go, go where? I don't recall any of those things really in the Great Commission. Oh, I heard him say, go into the harvest field. I heard him say, go into, go and make disciples. Go be light, go be salt. I heard those things. And and so I want to have, I want to have that be sending moment in my life where I'm being sent the way Jesus was sent. Don't you want that? Yeah. I believe there's credible evidence to suggest that we can. We can be sent the way Jesus was sent. Possibly one of the reasons we don't realize that we were. Have been sent the way Jesus was sent. It's because our focus has been somewhat compromised. It's like, have you ever seen? Have you ever looked through a Coke bottle and you see it all kind of messed up? You can't hardly see through it. It's all twisted. That's kind of the way life. That's what Paul suggests. That we th- we see through a glass dimly. Well, we don't get a clear view of of how God intends to send us. How the Lord. Has plans for us. We're fairly adept at making excuses for not going where Jesus tells us to go or make excuses for not going when he tells us to go. And we even make excuses for not going not how he tells us to go. So let's, let's see if we can't make sense of this. So let's let's do a little Bible study this morning. John 20, 21 says, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Well, I said, wait a minute now, what just happened here? Because the disciples had been with him for three years. They'd followed him relatively closely. They they had quite a significant relapse at the cross. But now, in this kind of post-resurrection, scattered moment, he brings the disciples to him and he breathes on them, For them to receive the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus didn't have any born again followers until that moment because he could not release the Holy Spirit into them for them to be new creations until after his resurrection. So he receives or he blows on them and they receive the Holy Spirit. I believe in my own heart that this is the moment when his disciples became not just faithful followers as the best they could, but now they received the Holy Spirit. They're born again. They're now, the, now they're the firstborn uh, members of the new, new kingdom of God. Many com, uh, commentaries have been written in an effort to explain this breathing of the Holy Spirit and how it might differentiate from the gift that the Father was going to send that you are to wait for the gift And when you do, you'll receive the boom. I mean, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. There's a differentiation that must take place. So let's break this down. Jesus was born both of water and the Spirit, born from his mother's womb, and she was impregnated by the Holy Spirit. Now... He walked for the first 30 years of his life in humble obedience to his father. Jesus said in John 3, 5, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and spirit. So he was giving Nicodemus this incredible revelation that you have to have both a born again experience, born of your mother's womb, and you must be born again by the Holy Spirit. So it appears now that the disciples could have been born again, this miracle of being a new creation, the legitimacy of their sonship as sons of the Most High God. We know that Jesus humbled himself to be baptized in water to fulfill all righteousness. Did he receive an impartation of the Holy Spirit at that time? The Bible says when he got, came up out of the water, the Father descended upon him, in the form of a dove, the Holy Spirit just... And then the skies opened up. And the Father speaks, this is my Son, whom I love, whom I'm well pleased. And suddenly something happened. Immediately upon receiving the Holy Spirit now, I mean, he was... Remember, he was... in. Mary was impregnated by the Holy Spirit, so he was born of water and, and the Spirit for the first 30 years. Now, now he gets a second impartation of the Holy Spirit, and the moment that happened, the Holy Spirit leads him of all places into the wilderness for 40 days. Where he was able to pass every test, every trial, and every temptation with flying colors. Why? Because he had the fullness of the Spirit. He was successful in defeating Satan. Who can say amen? amen? By the way, my friends, if you have any hope of being successful, to pass every test, trial, and temptation, it's going to be because you have the help of the Holy Spirit. You're not going to be able to do it because you've got a good willpower. Amen? Amen? Well, Matthew 3, 15 says, allow it for now, because in this way, this uh, this is what happened when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River. After he was baptized, he went up immediately, the heavens suddenly opened up for him. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and the Father's voice, this is my beloved son, I take delight in him. At that very moment, Jesus was not able to go into ministry until this moment when the Holy Spirit descended on him. Then things began to change. Who can say amen? Now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, as soon as he comes back from the wilderness, Jesus goes to a wedding. You know what happened? Boom! Gallons of water turned into wine. Oh, there's some boom, boom, booming going on there. Come on. And then, I'm telling you, everywhere he seemed to go, there was a boom taking place. When Jesus was sent, he went, and he went full of the Holy Spirit. So what conclusions can we draw? As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you, he said. Now, we know where to go full of faith because, well, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if we're going to go full of the Holy Spirit, we need to go full of faith, don't you think? We've, full. I mean, really full. Cup over, overflowing kind of full of faith. Do you recall your salvation experience when you were in the crosshairs of the Holy Spirit's conviction? And suddenly, you knew that there was a mountain of sin that you could not move. The convicting power of the Holy Spirit came on you. You knew you deserved punishment. And then in that moment of brokenness and humility, in that moment, suddenly, the shame and the guilt were replaced by hope and and faith and love, in faith the size of a mustard seed, but Boom! That mountain of sin and shame was removed by that little bit of faith that you had. you remember? Do you remember your salvation? Give the Lord a clap offering. Thank you, God. It was a mountain. I couldn't move. Now, listen. Jesus breathes on his disciples, and they receive the Holy Spirit, and that's why God wants you. He wants you not only born again, but he wants you full he wants you as sons and daughters. So Jesus says this, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. When Jesus was sent, he went, and he went full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And I, I want that in our lives more than anything. You know, there's no scriptural evidence that Jesus ever had any doubt. None whatsoever. Doubt is creepy. It just kind of creeps up and creeps in. It's just Creepy. You don't want that creepy friend around. He's not a friend at all. Get rid of doubt. Who can say amen? amen. The Bible says when you ask God, you must believe it. Don't doubt. Oh, how's that going to happen? With the help of the fullness of the Holy Spirit, you can have fullness of faith and not doubt. Who can say amen? amen. So Jesus said again, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. He went when he uh, he was sent, he went, and he went full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. I'm thinking to myself, my goodness man. I don't know about you, but the world is a stinking mess, and it's getting messier. Every day I get up. I don't care how great your intellect is. We are woefully inadequate to find answers to what maladies mankind faces. We need wisdom from God. We need repeatedly to stay in an attitude of prayer for instruction and guidance and insight and strategic plans over the enemy. James 1.5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, and God will give it to you without finding fault. I'm telling you, one of the greatest things that hit me when I first read that is, you mean God's going to give me wisdom without finding any fault? Because God knows he could find plenty of fault, but he decides not to, and give me the wisdom I need. Who can say Amen. And that's what you can count on with the help of the Holy Spirit. God will give you not only faith, but wisdom, and he'll do it in the fullness of time. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. When Jesus was sent, he went. He went full of the Holy Spirit and compassion. Do you know that the world is getting more and more desperate every day? They're suffering from poverty. They're suffering from the inner cities, they're getting larger with more violence. Dumps are getting bigger. Did you know that there are 2,000 permanent residents in the Mexico City dump? You know, several years ago, our church went down to Mexico City. We took a, a dental clinic down, Doc Harnett and and uh, uh, another one of his fellow dentists from the area, and several uh uh, dental hygienists came down, and, and so uh, what was my job? I, you don't want to put a dental hygiene tool in my hand, you know, I'll kill somebody. So, so you know what I, my job was? All these poor people coming out of the dump, the stench was, was unbelievable. You could not, you could not describe it. So I was given a fan. And I was to keep the flies off while they did their work in their mouth. Is that just something? But listen, that's the way it is all over the world. People are in horrible and desperate circumstances. Child sex trafficking, adult sex trafficking, labor slavery is on the rise. We need courage and we need compassion. And for us to go into the streets and the dumps and the hood and schools, go where the children are, go where the hurting are, go where the lonely are, go where the the widows and the elderly are, go to the lost, bring them to Jesus. I'm telling you, Jesus went out, and he went out full of compassion. If the Father sent him that way, then he intends to send us that way. Who can say amen? Now listen, we must exchange our love affair with comfort and exchange it for his love affair with compassion. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. When Jesus was sent, he went. And when he went, he went full of the Holy Spirit and surrendered. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus went in full surrender to his Father's will. Now, I want you to know, this is a tough one for the church, going out, Fully surrendered to the Father's will must mean that it's not my will that's to be done anymore. It's His. Now, oh, this is a tough one. This, this one gets tough. It's not gonna happen for the most part. Even in the church, people struggle with their educational plans, their vocational responsibilities, their dreams, their hobbies, their agendas, their kids. We have yards to mow, groceries to buy, houses to clean. And all these can cause serious delays in us going in compassion the where Jesus went. I think we need the Holy Spirit to help us with our priorities. Don't you? Just a little bit. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. When Jesus was sent, he went, and he went full of the Holy Spirit and joy. We need the Holy Spirit. Luke 10 says, Jesus was full of joy through the Holy Spirit. I, want, I think the world is going crazy, and we have plenty of reasons to be discouraged or even despairing. I want to be full of joy. I want to have Jesus' joy juice running through my bones. Come on. And I'm telling you, there's enough bad news to keep you in bad blues every day. I, don't, I tell you, I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to read the newspaper anymore or the headlines. I, I almost like, Ugh, please. There were bad news 2,000 years ago terrible violence, persecution, perversion, despite all the collective resources of humanity, it hasn't gotten any better. There are more than enough reasons for everyone who reads the news today to feel like they did back then. We have shootings in schools and shopping malls and streets and subways, cars driving through parades, fires and drought and tornadoes and flooding and food shortages, transportation trauma. There's perversion in school, perversion in the government, and perversion even in the church. How's that happen? Because... We all suffer from the malady of humanity unless we have the fullness of the Holy Spirit who can deliver us from us. Come on. I often refer to the scriptural references that we're in a race. We are admonished to run that race without being entangled by sin and to run the race to win the prize. And the way I see it, there's only two running that race, the old man running against the new man. They're both running, and we've been running for a long time. The way I see it, the race that's before us is full of hurdles. We've got to keep jumping those hurdles and finish the race. I see two main hurdles in the race that's before us. Paul's words In Acts 20, identify the first one. It's adversity, a huge hurdle, a huge hurdle for a lot of Christians to get over. Acts 20 says, The Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that change and tribulations, that sounds like adversity to me. It's change and tribulations await me, but none of these things move me. None of these things will upset my race. I'm running. I don't count my life dear to myself so that I may finish the race with joy. That's a high hurdle, my friend. Do you know that in the book of Job, God says this, I'm going to get their attention through adversity. Oftentimes, we don't look up until we're so far down, there's no other place to look. Come on. The other high hurdle that we have to get over it threatens the victory at the near the finish line, and it can disqualify you from the race that you're running. Is unforgiveness? You see, being bitter and refusing to forgive can cause any Christian to come up lame and be disqualified right before the finish line. The Bible says, "If you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you." Isn't that good news? Come on, isn't that good? Yeah. Okay, but if you do not forgive men their sins, your, your, your father will not forgive you of your sins. Whew. Well, when Jesus was sent, he went full of forgiveness and he plans on sending you out that way. You're going to go to heaven. So why let some Joe Schmo stop you from going? Just because he hurt your feelings or did something horrible to you, don't let anyone stop you from God's plan for you to go to heaven. Give the Lord a clap offering. Don't let anybody stop you. Run the race to win the prize. Don't be disqualified. It's a devastating reality for so many in the Christian world. Don't let the old man outrun the new man as we get close to the finish line. I've tried to simplify the Christian journey in my own life by saying, how am I to run? And God said, just run with my favor. In thought, word, and deed. If I'm smiling on you, you're okay. Well, that seems like it's not that big a hard a deal. I want to run the race, and I want to win. I want to go the way Jesus went. In order to do that, I, I just need to know my Father's smiling on me. Amen? As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And when he was sent, he went, full of the Holy Spirit. Christians are often detoured from running a victorious race. Having the Father's affirmation, his favor upon you. Listen, don't let Satan remind you of all your former faults. The shame that we all felt coming into the kingdom. Or at least I trust you did. I I hung my head awful low the night that I gave my heart to Jesus. I just couldn't believe that mountain could be moved in that one moment of time when he moved it. The Lamb of God bestowed the forgiveness of my sins. And we get detoured by running our race, by thinking that we're somehow less qualified to do what God has called us to do, and so we disqualify ourselves from going. Jesus never did that, and he doesn't want you to do that either. Well, when Jesus was went, he went full of the Holy Spirit in understanding of his Father's purpose for his life. Do you know that's one of the great challenges that we have in the church? People say, well, what's my purpose? Well, really, what am I supposed to do with my life? How am I supposed to fulfill? What am I supposed to do? And, And I was even talking to a young man this morning. He says, you know, I'm getting ready to retire. And what's next for me? There's purpose and a plan for everything under heaven. I had no idea back in 1980 when my wife and I got saved that two years later, while we were still milking cows and still farming, we would come up to an old-fashioned altar because a missionary said, somebody, there's a couple here that's called into the ministry. My wife and I looked at each other because we'd been talking about it. So we came up. He called. He says, come on up here right now. So we came up and he said, you too will pastor wounded and dying sheep. Huh? No. No, I want to I wanna pastor wealthy and healthy sheep. Well, here in the fall season of our life, more so than any other time in the whole purpose-driven life that we hope to have led, we find ourselves being sent to churches in crisis where people are so desperate for a shepherd. So listen, Moses was in the wilderness and got called at 80. You're not too old. I mean, when you're old, you're cold, but you're not too old to be called. <laughs> Come on, say amen. All right, let's, I better go on here. So it wasn't in my notes. All right. Uh, it could be a painful setback or a very joyful occasion, but both can cause people not to, not to go when Jesus says go, not to go where Jesus sends them. They're just having a bad hair day and they don't feel like going. Everything we are required to go through is designed to conform you to the image of Christ and his glory so that his glory would be revealed through us. So listen, my wife and I have been through, and I'll say it in this kind of crass way, but especially early on as our Christian walk developed, we went through hell and back. The fires were hot and refined us and refined us because tests and trials and tribulations, well, they don't develop character. They reveal character. And I'm telling you that God's plan for every adverse, every terrible tribulation you're going through is that he might reveal the Christ in you, to bring out of you the Christ that he put in you. And he will finish that work if we let him. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. When Jesus was sent, he went, and he went full of the Holy Spirit, with power and authority. So if we're being sent like Jesus was sent, in fullness of power and authority, what's happened to us? Why are we so often impotent? Why is it that when we come up against demonic activity, we just don't know what to do or how to do it? So let me share a couple of things. Maybe bitterness has gotten seeped in that creepy friend you know that got in and along with doubt or, or bitterness or unforgiveness, giving yourself grace to compromise, falling, are failing, excuse me, to be obedient in areas of finances or moral purity or basic biblical integrity. Don't let the old man outrun the new man at the end of your race. So let's bring this to a close. Colossians 2 9 says, In Christ, all the fullness of the Holy Spirit, oh, excuse me, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given, uh uh-oh, here it is. You have been given fullness. Would Would everybody just say fullness? You have been given fullness in Christ, who is head over every power and authority. Then if that's true, then let's start going the way Jesus went. You see, when Jesus was sent, he went. And that's what God wants us to do. Jesus is sending us out, and we are to go full of the Holy Spirit. So, my final declaration to all of us is, we need to go full of the Holy Spirit. I find myself as a pastor now in these last days of my life, and when I say last, I I might live to 130. I I highly doubt it. My wife says, the way I drive, I might not make it through tomorrow. (laughs) But listen, this morning, as I look out and I see your faces, I see people that are going through a variety of different things. Some of you are raising kids or young. You know, you need wisdom to know how to raise those kids. Some of you are going through terrible times and doubt is a creepy friend that's wanting to come in and infiltrate the, the army, infiltrate your heart. And you need to be full of the Holy Spirit. You see, when you're full of the Holy Spirit, there's no room for doubt. Isn't that true? If you're full. Yeah. And some of you are facing battles and, of your mind and your heart, and you, and you just need the fullness of the Holy Spirit. It's not just a nicety. Oh, you go to a Pentecostal church. They believe in the full gospel. No, it's for you. And it's for you, and it's for you, and it's for you. You know, young lady, you're a beautiful young lady, but you need the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Bob, you're an ugly old man. That's why that daughter looks so beautiful next to you but you need the Holy Spirit. You need, we all need the fullness of the Spirit. Who can say amen? Amen. So I want you to put on a little music. And I'm not saying you can't receive the Holy Spirit where you are, but oftentimes we're not going to get what God wants by remaining the same. We have to move from where we are so that we can go to where he wants us to be. Who can say amen? amen? So why don't you get up and come up? So if you'll get up, come on, let's get up. Come on, get up. That's right. Get up and then come up. Would you do that? Just come up. I'll fill the sides up. Just move from where you are. All over the whole church. Empty out of your seats. Come on up to the front. Come up to the sides. Come on up. I'm believing for God to do something so incredible. I don't want you to just say, well... I guess I'm good enough. No, we need help. Come on, move in, move in, move in. There's, there's people. In, yeah, listen, come up. No. Ah, uh, I need, I need, I need. Oh, this will work. You want to help me for a second? You can help me for a second, will you? Um, yeah. Let's see, no, let's see. Yeah, yeah. No, you stay up here. I'm, I'm gonna give you an illustration. Um. Yeah, hold that with both hands. Don't let it go. Okay. This is, this is the fullness of the Holy Spirit right here. Living water. <laughs> All right, Holy Spirit. I'm gonna give it to you. And I want you to have the fullness of it. But in order for you to have this, you gotta let go of what you're holding on to. You have to let this go. It might be bitterness. It might be just your love affair with comfort. It might be your busyness schedule, your priorities. But I'm telling you, unless you're willing to let go of what you're holding on to, you're not gonna be able to receive what the Holy Spirit wants to give you. Who can say amen? Give the Lord a clap offering. It's true. So, thank you, my friend. You are awesome. Okay, I didn't even warn him. He just did it. Isn't that cool? All right, here's the deal. I want you to hold your hands like this. Yeah, just like that. Now, I want you to tip them over, dump them out, letting go of everything that would stop you from receiving the fullness of the Holy Spirit. God won't give you what you don't want. And if you really want the Holy Spirit, you will have fire. And God will bring the boom out in your life. You're going to experience people being saved, people being healed, people being given wisdom and direction and counsel because God's going to give you what you need and what you want. Now, will you hold your hands the other way again? Lift them up as you'll, God is going to give you something. And with the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll speak in tongues. You will be on fire for Jesus. Lord, I'm believing this morning for you to do the supernatural. Do what only you can do. As the Father sent you, Jesus, I'm asking you, send us. Send us. We need to go full of compassion, full of faith, full of affirmation, full of surrender. We want to go full. Oh, Father, this is your church. She's your bride. She's so beautiful. May it be that she leaves this place full, full of everything that you want her to have. Oh, may she leave full of joy. The world is a mess but we're not part of this world. We're part of the kingdom. And the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So, would you start praying out loud? Would you read right now? Would you say, Oh God, I receive it. I receive the Holy Spirit. I receive, Lord, I want to be full. Send me out of this place full. Oh, I want to be full. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I acknowledge, Lord, I'm emptying myself so that I can be full of you. Oh, hallelujah. 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 I want to share a quick story. 20 years ago or so, a lady was at church, and she was up at an altar like this. We were having an altar call for the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. She was so sincere. She had tears running down her cheek, and she said, Pastor, how how come I've been up praying at, at home? I've been praying at the church, and I just haven't received a, the infilling of the Holy Spirit yet. I said, "Listen, on your way home today, just be praying. You never know when the Holy Spirit's going to come." You know, people have been in barns, they've been on tractors, they've been. Oh, I don't know where or how the Holy Spirit's going to do it. About a half hour later, she was on her way home. By the way, her home is. 45 minutes away from here. She called, blubbering all over on the phone. Blubbering, blubbering. I said, What's the matter? Did you get in an accident or what? She says, No, no, Pastor. I had to pull my car over. God filled me with the Holy Spirit about halfway out of Kinsman, and I'm, and I'm halfway home. And I don't know, I can't even drive. I said, Well, leave it in park until you get your act together. Because I'm telling you, my friends, God wants to fill you with the fullness of his spirit because he knows unless you go full, you may not finish your race. And he wants you to finish your race and run with joy. Amen? Give the Lord a clap offering. God, you're so good. Woo! So let God put the boom in your belly. Amen? Just turn to somebody, look them right in the eye, and go, "Boom, boom, woo, boom." Okay, yeah.
4: <laughs> hey, can we can we real quick just thank Pastor Mark ministering today? Just and and just two two quick things. The prayer team is is here. They've got lanyards on. You'll see them at the side in the front. And listen, continue praying. You want to receive and you say, I want to continue praying. Continue praying. There's no, like, you don't have to leave. It's just you're dismissed uh, to leave, get kids if you need to. And uh, the youth group is going to be out, uh, I believe, out front. Could be on the side. But on your way out, they are doing a fundraiser. So Jeremiah asked me to make sure you're reminded of that. And seek God, all right? Let him fill you. And there's a Pentecost rally tonight.
2: army back to life mighty warriors who had died out of the ashes we will rise breathe on us bring us life come breathe on us and bring us life bring this army back to life My warriors who had died